0: Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you.
1: All right. Well, good morning, Horizon Church family and those of you that are watching. We want to welcome you wherever you're watching from, whether that's in Princeton or in the UK or around the world. Uh, we're glad that you're joining us this morning in these incredibly uh, challenging times that we're in on so many levels. Uh, I have a guest with me this morning, uh, Pastor Terence Richmond. Hello. He's not from Richmond. He's Pastor Terence Richmond <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, from uh, pastoring LoveQuest International Church in, in the city of Vancouver. Uh, we met, I think, about three years ago or so at an ARC conference just, just nearby. Yeah. Uh, we were introduced and just made a connect. And then probably in the last uh, nine or ten months or so, we've been connecting a little more intentionally. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want you to introduce yourself, your family, your wife, uh, um, and uh, then we'll go from there. How about yeah. that?
0: My name is Terrence, Terrence Richmond. Uh, my wife is Julia. Um, my, I have a daughter that just turned 15 her name is malia i have another son he's turning 13 monday and then i have a little guy who is five turning six um, in august and uh, we moved here from oakland california from california i think four years ago landed here for one mission and got, when we got here god hit an audible and uh, here we are uh, pioneering a church called LoveQuest international church right in the heart of downtown vancouver on the east side and you have teenagers and a little one teenagers and a little one don't <laughs> ask me how that happened <laughs> <laughs> you're glad it did i am glad <laughs> it happened That's i'm good. glad it happened
1: well we're we're part of the reason why uh we're, we're chatting today with terrence is obviously uh, you can see and we talked a little bit about it last week uh how our neighbors to the south uh are, I mean, cities on fire, there's protesting, there's all, uh, you know, Black Lives Matters, and all kinds of things that are going on that are incredibly chaotic right now. And the, the, an issue is being uh, brought to the fore, not a new issue, it's just being exposed. Yeah. And so, I wanted to, instead of just talking about the issue, I wanted to talk to people that are intimately acquainted with it, Um, And so I wanted to kind of share a little bit where, have Terrence share a little bit where he comes from. I want to tell you a little bit where I come from uh, and just how different uh, our experience has been. Yet at the same time, uh, I I want to, and I know Terrence does as well, that uh, the church can be a leader in race and reconciliation dialogue. So tell me, tell us all, tell everyone a little bit about where you came from, where you grew up, uh, all that, because I think sometimes we can, in times like this, can make it a them issue or those people, and we forget there are individuals and people and stories behind
0: all that. Absolutely. Well, I'm I'm from Oakland, California. Um, It is, per capita, it was the highest murder rate um, in United States per capita. Um, It's still high up there. Um, we call it Little Chicago. Um, but um, you have their high prostitution, the Black Panther Party was, was started there. Um, you have um, in Oakland, California, if not the um, protest capital of the, of, of, of the nation, it is up there. A lot of protests have been led from that place. Um, you have uh, high influencers, In culture from Oakland California Um, it's a very diverse place right by uh, UC Berkeley Um, it is a very very diverse place it it's the home of the Golden State Warriors even though they moved across to San Francisco they're still (laughs) part of Oakland Um, But anyways, they... Are
1: you a Golden State Warrior I am a Golden
0: State Warrior fan. I'm not a San Francisco Warrior fan. I'm a Golden State Warrior fan.
1: Now, are you a football fan, too?
0: I am, but the Oakland Raiders lived a double-minded life, and they were not in Oakland when I was growing up, so I didn't grow up being a fan of the Oakland Raiders, and I'm still not um but that's for from a that that culture itself is right. very violent and they, right. when you go to the black pit and things of that nature but I grew up in Oakland and I grew up around a lot of violence drug sales um and what kept me and my family was a a, a hard grandmother who kept our family together stayed on her knees um all we knew was we don't know what's gonna happen. We don't know where we are gonna find the food from, but Jesus is good. That, that's what I grew up believing. I grew up knowing what prayer was, worship was. We were at church three to four days a week, but church has been a mean of survival for us. Um, and growing up where we have grew up in, in my father was in prison, single parent household. Um, And so I grew up in the midst, the nastiness of systemic oppression, experienced it myself being pulled over um, for no reason. Um, I have, and and don't get me wrong, I've done my share of bad where I have, I should have been arrested or I've been in jail myself. Um, I've tampered around with drugs myself. Um, But because of that strong prayer life in the house, I never was able to get into it. Like I remember going out and selling some drugs one day, and I gave it away to 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 someone because I was like, "This isn't for me." Those grandma's prayers were <laughs> the grandmas tracking prayers. you down. <laughs> and the only man that I grew up in the house with was my uncle, Uncle Willie. He has been sober for 28 years from wow. crack cocaine, wow. and so that was the only male in my home. Um, and so. Um, I'm sure we're gonna get into it, but when I'm sharing today, it's coming from experience, not just education. It's coming from uh, being a victim at one time. It's come from not really knowing my grandfather because he died from a heart attack, alcohol, um, and having a grandmother who sang me to sleep many nights who picked cotton, right? And so when we're dealing with these this system in slavery Um, we're dealing with like not that far ago and so the passion the prayers the life the women that raised me came from women that was like um, your only chance to make it in this world is to do this wear a three-piece suit to picture day no matter what we may be poor but if you can look like you are successful you have a chance to make it and, and so having to be that black man, and always having to be raised and think twice about what you do, um, you know, and you're not favored here in this world. You're not liked in a lot of places, and your chances to succeed are slim, but we're gonna do everything we have but Jesus. So there's an awareness of, of...
1: So there's an awareness of the reality, certain that you're growing up in. Absolutely. Not a lot could be done about it in, in the minds and in, in that it was survival, Yeah. but we're gonna pray we're going to do our very very best yeah. and somehow get it get through or try to yeah. try to i I hear this sometimes from from people that uh, don't understand the experience and see for me, I would probably be one of those yeah. uh, that don't understand it from a from an experiential point of view. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a in a two parent family uh, i don't there's nobody in my immediate family that's ever been arrested for anything that I'm aware of, yeah. uh, <laughs> um, uh, my dad has always worked and if he hasn't he uh, he was on his way to get another job, um, grew up in stability, we had our own brand of chaos, every yeah. family does dysfunction, Absolutely. Um, predominantly white mm-hmm. uh, in rural setting, so everything that you haven't experienced yeah. was my experience right. and to understand where you're coming from I need to hear this story. Absolutely. And um, this is the part that's been a little bit difficult for me personally in navigating this, is because I've heard some people uh, say to to people that are white or non-people of color, don't ask us to explain our situation to you. You go out and do the research. Yeah. But what's been challenging for me, and that maybe some of you experience this as well, is that there are so many voices in the wind on the internet. Uh, You can't believe everything. You can't trust everything on there. Um, You know, there's some people on there that believe that the earth is flat. So it's not the best source of information. So that's why for me, and, and I thank you in this moment yeah. in a lo- with a lot of chaos and and in some ways reliving your own uh, trauma yeah. along the way, that you're willing to have this conversation because I want to have be part of helping to broaden a conversation with real people Absolutely. and hearing real stories and, and helping people to come to a better understanding rather than just some random person. This is a real person. This is our friend. This is yes. somebody who lives among us, and I think... Uh, can really be instructive for us in this Absolutely. time. So, uh, I really appreciate it Absolutely. in the middle of this. Thank you. You 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 touched on a little bit the, the the disadvantage, mm-hmm. because y- you probably have seen this before, and it's, and uh, it, where people will say, hey, um, we have a we're we're all equal. The law says so. Um, you can just go get an education. You can go get a job. Do do stuff like yeah. like get out of the get out of this situation, get yeah. out of that, and at the same time, uh, that may be their reality because maybe they were able to do that. but for a person growing up black in America yeah. and uh, it's not just an American thing, let me be clear on that. Absolutely. this issue of racism is a world thing it's a humanity thing yeah. so but what does that look like when I, when I, when they talk about? fighting through the disadvantages. What, what are those disadvantages? You've touched on some of them there, but yeah. even education-wise, like, yeah. what does that look
0: like? I, I mean, as you mentioned earlier, uh, the quality of education we may receive is based on the tax bracket that's within you know, that community. And when you deal with communities that the city don't want to rebuild, They'll let us tear it apart or let people tear it apart. And some of it is not tearing apart. You just let the house fall down. You let things burn and never rebuild it. Um, there's no citywide effort to uh, collaborate and take care of communities, although some people don't take care of their homes. And I say that to people. All, how can we expect people to help us when we don't help ourselves? But the issue is, is that uh, you have... You have low-income communities. You have poor education systems. Therefore, you have teachers that don't want to be there because they're not getting paid well at all. So they're just breezing through a curriculum. They're not setting you up for the tests you have to face. Right, Right now, they just get you through. I forget what it's called, but it's passing you through grades. Whether you actually do the work or not, they're passing you through. But then when it comes to take a test to go to college, you're not equipped at all. Right, So the most education you're going to get is high school, maybe you go to junior college. You have to be raised in a home, single parent, without your dad's voice or your mom's voice, maybe both. For a lot of kids, you have to grow up with a dad that's selling drugs, a mom that's on drugs, a dad that's in prison, you're raised by an uncle who's in a gang. All of these different, and where they sell houses and where they give jobs, it's like We'll give you a house, but it has to be in that area. You can get a job, but it has to be in that area. So it's this segregation. It's this, we're going to put you all over here, and due to the mental illness, the violence, the anger, you're going you're gonna to kill yourselves off. You're fighting over territory. This is my block, not your block. And when you go look at gang violence, you're looking at people who live around the corner from each other, fighting over a block they don't own. And so for me, when I, when I grow up in a system like that and all I see, check cashing places, liquor stores, no healthy food spots, they're putting every fast food place into our communities, right? And so when you grow up in this community where poverty is high, um, oppression is high, um, everywhere from prostitution to pimping to um, selling drugs, and then you get in the prison system, and you're immediately put in a low socioeconomic class. And that's where you live forever. And so then you paint this picture of the only way you can get out is to be an entertainer. And the chances of making it there, especially a pro athlete, is very slim. But you do have these special academies here and there sprinkled around. But again, when you're dealing with hundreds of years of oppression, you're raised by someone who was abused, and they were raised by someone who was a slave, or um, we don't even know who we are, right? At the end of the day, I, I wrote something down the other day, what my kids were mixed with. Right. I put black, Italian, Irish. Why are we labeled as a color? Right? right? I don't, it's a, woman, a, a Caucasian woman come from Africa, live in the United States. If you put us side by side, you'll say, I'm African-American, she's white. Right. But she's more African-American than I am, mm. right? And so when you ask a people to make it in a world when their identity has been stripped all the way to their last name, right? right? Their last name is connected to a slave owner. When you, when you, it's unfair to think that people who have been stripped from hundreds of years, right? And then placed in a community that is still put in slavery Systemic, you look at the 13th Amendment. Yeah, we're free from slavery, kinda, but there's this clause in there that nine times out of 10, we're gonna, you're gonna catch us doing something kinda illegal, and then you, now you're making money off of selling the same thing that my dad was put in prison for. And then when you look at this systemic oppression, man, it, it, it plays into how kids are raised, it plays in mental illness, it plays in diabetes. It plays in sexual transmitted diseases. It plays in everything. And then you pay us millions of dollars to write the soundtrack for something. It glorifies all that. We glorify all of that. And if you take a poor kid and say, you're going to pay me $10 million to make a song about where I'm from, and it don't even have to make sense, yeah. what do you think the kid's going to do? Go and do that. Right? And music is everything. And so I think this, it's unfair for anyone to say, just get out. You have a chance just like us. The frustrating thing is, we don't. And I won't say every black person don't have a fair chance, because I started off one of my, uh, our sessions celebrating all the black success. Mm-hmm. To make it draw this picture that we are all victims. It's, it's not the case. We do want equality across the board, but we want equality for all mankind. Right. But we're doctors, we're professors, we're te- we're, 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 we are successful musicians, pastors. we're pastors, we're great leaders, we're yeah. activists. Yeah. I, I don't want us to just focus on the, the inequality, right. but man, there's so much to celebrate. Yeah. There's so, we're so successful. Yeah. We are, we're millionaires, we got the Oprah's, we, and you can call her a seller. You, but no, there's people of color that are successful not just black people, Filipino, Latinos, yeah. like we're very successful. Yeah. Um, and so for me, I want to highlight that as well. I'm successful. Come on. Right. And so I'm, I'm using my voice, yeah. not as a victim, yeah. but I'm using my voice. As scripture says, speak up for those that don't have a voice, yeah. but then by no means am I sitting in this seat. Um, with a slave mentality, although I have family that have been a part of that. I am so far from that. Yeah. I have interrupted the bloodline, yeah. and my kids will experience a different world than I did. That's right. And and so, yeah.
1: But it's coming out of that, acknowledging that reality, yeah, and then that personally having to deal with it in the middle of a system that still might not acknowledge or allow you to come forward with not allow but maybe puts barriers in front of maybe uh, some intentional some unintentional some unaware some aware absolutely Um, but coming through that that place and you i like the word you said i'm not a slave mentality and i'm not a victim mentality so so for for anybody because i think that that speaks that many people and this is uh, certainly a a conversation about uh black people right now but i think it's there's a Humanity conversation as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, where pain, deep pain, but, and which you've experienced, but how did you come out of that? <laughs> um, like, like if you're, because I'm, and I see the confidence in you, and I yeah. see the, the heart for people in you. I've watched you pray for people. I've re- yeah. watched you. One of the most passionate people that I know, <laughs> uh, with lots of lots of confidence and grace. Yeah. Where's the kid from the ghetto?
0: now I I also so this is where sports sports didn't make millions of dollars for me but sports got me to experience the world and I think a lot of it also is we exposure I spent the night, I I drove and rode in planes, I I did sleepovers with Caucasian friends, Asian friends, Latino friends. And so that exposure outside of my community allowed me to see that not all people are bad, right? Um, How my grandmother raised me, she raised me to love everybody despite, despite the color of our skin. And so I got here how I was raised, I got here, um with who my grandmother pointed to was the savior so jesus and my faith in him and not just man's love but agape the love of god and allowing god's love to uh, abide and then it doesn't mean that i still don't have to second guess if i should put my hood on it doesn't mean when i get pulled over i am not wondering if i should start filming or if i even ask the cop can i grab my wallet right I'm even starting before I drive making sure my wallet is available so I don't have to turn a, a, a weird way okay. having to live with that is still a part of my psyche right. but it doesn't control my decision-making it doesn't control how I treat people um, and I would say obviously the love of God that has washed over me um, and that I am rooted in has been the game changer, but just the practical every day. It is that love of uh, thinking the best of everyone. And as being, I would say this, uh, Pastor, it is practicing intentionality, putting myself in uncomfortable situations, putting myself in uncomfortable conversations. If I feel aught, there's something in me that wants to deal with it. So I will pursue my Caucasian brother to find, it says, the pursuers of peace, right? right? Not That's just, good. it says peacemakers.
1: Not peacekeepers.
0: Not peacekeepers, right. not just people that are receiving or believing peace, but people who pursue peace. It tells us to pursue peace yeah. in Psalms. It tells us that peacemakers, and so for me, to be a peacemaker means I have to be intentional. There's something about going after peace yeah. that eliminates fear.
1: But you have to go through that uncomfortable space first, you right? You have to. Yeah. And, and that's for, from my side of the table. That's the same space. Because my comfortable space is, Terrence, let's not talk about that. Absolutely. Let's talk about all the things we know we agree about. We love Jesus. Absolutely. We are believing God to move in a city. We're working together. We Absolutely. want a multiracial, multicultural church, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. All that revival, stuff. Let's revival. talk about that. Absolutely. But now we have to talk about experiences of life that are difficult and painful and yeah. In those things, owning our own pieces. I'll speak from my space, uh, owning my own piece of saying, uh, I said this last week to our church, like, Search me and know me, oh God, see if there be any wicked way in me. Yeah.
0: yeah. Like,
1: uh, it's easy to say, Well, it's, it's, it's America or it's those people over there I've never done or whatever. But I am a terrible judge mm-hmm. of my inner man. Yeah. And I <laughs> have to invite the Holy Spirit to say, Craig, uh, I want to talk to you about this. I want to talk to you about this. I want to talk to you about that." Because yeah. um, my, my racial prejudices for me uh, began to get exposed not around uh, black people or ama- African-American, but around First Nations. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you grow up in the interior, there's all kinds of stuff, terrible yeah. jokes, yeah. Uh, ways that you talk about, uh, categories that you put them in, yeah. uh, that are just kind of there and yeah. nobody even talks about them other than they're there. yeah. Um, so this whole, whole thing is a, is a process of, of uncomfortable. And I know some of you want us me to move off of this, and I will eventually. But I, I also want us to say, every one of us, if you have any of that, pe- pe- uh, that situation or those people or them people or whatever you might use or language you might use, that's a clue that there's something in you Absolutely. that God wants to touch.
0: Absolutely.
1: You talked about it earlier. We were talking earlier about... Uh, not all cops are bad cops yeah. because what can begin to be, th- if you experience a certain thing, what can you begin to think?
0: Yeah, that, that everybody is the same yeah. or every, you know, all black people are this or all doctors are, are bad. Because you
1: had a bad experience with one doctor. you had a bad
0: experience. But I, I have, the people that think there's nothing wrong, if you're ready to rush past this issue, something's wrong.
1: Right there. Right?
0: It's, it's right there because this is at the heart of the gospel. This is the mission of the church to to Jesus at the well, the woman with the, uh, begging for crumbs, blind Bartimaeus, like the misfits, the outcasts. Bringing them in. He brought them in. He dealt with them. uh, uh, And and when you want to just rush past it, when you want to save them, what did Jesus say about them? He said, for their sake, I sanctified myself. Those people, people, that's what I died for right? And so for you, if you're like, let those people do, that is not Christian at all. That is not Christ. No, maybe it's Christian, but it's not Christ following. Right. It is not the ecclesia. It yeah. is not being a bonus. And, and, and for me, I think God is giving the church and the world one a, a chance to deal with this once and for all. Yeah. And I think coming out of this this COVID situation, I believe it's been an act of grace that God is ready to pour out and move in a special way. But he's trying to posture the heart because of the harvest that is coming in. If you have black issues, First Nation issues, those people are gonna walk through the door in this harvest. And if you're not ready to minister to them when they're getting delivered, when they get delivered, what's gonna come up? All their issues, all their frustration, all their anger. Are you in a place where you have the capacity, the agape, to deal with people's context? Or are you just going to give them a Bible and say, Jesus will? Yeah. No, it, it doesn't work that way. Jesus sat on the ground with people. He ate with people. He, he, he just stood in the gap with for, for people and with people and walked with people. And I think the church really has to check its heart. Because as long as we're trying to sweep things under the rug, like you mentioned, the aboriginal community, last residential school was 1996. I have an auntie-in-law who is an aboriginal woman who is still dealing with the trauma of those reservations, uh, those residential residential schools. schools. And so this stuff is not that far removed. And for us to just walk around in our privilege, right, and think that... Um, people should just get over it. What if it was your child? What if it was your son? What if it was your daughter getting pulled over? What if your son got that knee on their neck? What if it was your daughter where cops bust in the door and shot her while she was sleeping in her own bed? And had the husband arrested, he was already in custody. Like, we're just talking about this one, this Floyd guy. But right before that, this woman gets killed. And this is not a new thing. And to think it's a them issue and ignore the dirty water that's running on reservations. Yeah. Right? We're, we're flying over reservations to go to Africa. Mm-hmm. And there can be, a, we're adopting villages. Why not adopt reservations mm-hmm. when the church has been at the hand of this oppression? It's right here. Yeah. Racism on black Blacks is here in Canada, I've experienced it, my daughter has experienced it at school. And, and, and to, to think it's a them issue, I think plays into this, um, this small man, small guy, inferiority complex, where Canada sits back, yeah. this, this plank in the eye. We're, we're, we got this. We got this, we're good, it's yeah. just them. Yeah. I've always said this prophetically, I believe that Canada is the David of the world. Mm-hmm. I believe that Canada has always been in the backfield with an opportunity to prepare for a great revival Good. that will benefit the globe. Yes. I believe Canada is at the, can be a great example globally in a moment like this yeah. because it is peaceful. It is a beautiful place. It is so diverse. And if Canada, and specifically Vancouver, yeah. can really Carry the heart of God in every area. Unity amongst leaders. Um, first, can we see the diversity and unity amongst pastors um, and our churches? Because our churches follow us. Yep. I believe that we can impact the globe because 98% of the globe is represented in this little city.
1: percent yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? That diversity thing, and and yep. I love the diversity of the body of Christ. We, Absolutely. I think, uh, before pre-COVID, we came to your second anniversary. <laughs> yes, And, yes. and it, like, that's, it's actually in this, it's so different from our experience in yeah. church. But uh, in our marriage, for example, we said we had to come to this place where different is not bad no it's
0: just different it's just different in
1: fact most of the time it's better yes because it's fresh it's new you absolutely. know when i go to a new restaurant and i'm like whoa i've never had that before absolutely. that's really good yeah or at some part i might not do that we but need when that. we came there the 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 you know every stereotype of the of the black church where people think yeah it's loud yes it's yes. loud you guys are loud absolutely and it's great absolutely. celebrate away and it's exuberant yeah. and it's passionate uh so uh, full of faith and all yeah. that kind of stuff, yeah. but we miss some of that yeah. when, when we don't allow it to spill over Absolutely. sometimes. We still need to be who we are, you need to be who you yeah. are, but to spill over the beauty spill of the over. diversity, Absolutely, right? Just let it spill over and maybe
0: make us a little bit, us white folk a little bit more excited, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, and, for, and, and, and that's some of the things I've dealt with coming here from America is and and I think the some of the black experience. It's always us having to cater in order to either disarm people, prove people were not them or that, which often has turned us against our own people, and we're Uncle Toms now because we're selling out or whatever. But for me, it's like. Some people come to our experience and want to label, oh, that's Pentecostal. No, we're just very joyful and excited because don't forget, church and Jesus is a means of survival for me where it just might be a means of heaven for you. It may be a, Jesus may be a destination more than a lifestyle. Right and for me i think allow us to spill over as much Come as on. you want you to spill over on me humble yourself calm yeah. down a little bit okay i can i need a little bit of that sometimes but are you going to get more excited sometimes that's are it. you going to be more on fire are you going to get more comfortable yeah and i think that's that's what heaven looks like yeah. it's a lot of the quiet people going to get to heaven and be like what man am what am i doing here <laughs> I think a lot of people gonna be like, I've been missing out, yeah. right? But we have these stereotypes and prejudices, yeah. and we want to enforce them on people. And if you don't do it like us, then that's why we intentionally around our church have these scriptures, these signs that says, clap, dance, rejoice, right? It's not just black, black people. It's, it's Bible. the Bible.
1: <laughs> it's a Bible. Right? The
0: Bible uh, is very noisy. It's yes. very clear. Yes. It's symbols and tambourines. And, like, it's, I, I believe, as you said earlier, like, man, I believe that the, the kingdom of God is very colorful. And when you go to a ball game, a hockey game, these same Canadians are very violent in their praise at a hockey game, right, a right. UFC fight. Yeah you know, a birthday party, it's like, why not for Jesus? He yeah. saved us.
1: So let's not marginalize it into a segment of the, of the Christian experience to be yeah. a, a black thing. And it's a- the
0: black church, yeah. which, again, the black church, they do that. Yeah. And it's just like, no, that's what Jesus does.
1: I, when I say that, they do that, I say it with envy. I want that. A-
0: absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs>
1: uh, you know, that kind of leads into just that, that whole thought around, Unity versus diversity. Yeah. And holding those two things in tension. Because yeah. we want to walk forward together. Yes. As a church, churches, pastors, yeah. in the in region, but at the same time, sometimes that unity meant conformity. Yeah. Talk about how that unity and diversity and how that how you how that can better flow, how that church can be part of the answer.
0: I think the, the unity starts with unifying around what the word says not necessarily what my culture does not necessarily what my opinion is but can we unify around what god says and really take it for what it is like if the bible says make a joyful noise it doesn't mean how you was raised it means rejoice and again I say rejoice right when it says play the symbol everything that has breath praise ye the Lord and that word rejoice means spin around right when you look look it up and so for me can we unify around what Jesus says can we let the word of God be the have the last say even if it means be uncomfortable and it's saying like um, um, if, if, if it's like that word meant spin around okay don't change it Let's just spin around together, even if it makes you uncomfortable. I mean, that's a very small example, but I think we can for sure unify around the word of God. And the, unif- the word of God is very diverse in itself. It's a word for everybody. It's an it's a all nations word. It meets everybody's needs. It enters everybody's context. And so our diversity outside of skin color if we can learn how to create a space where we can all bring our context and then let the word unify us right you mentioned earlier about um corinthians of like we all need to come together and in, in order to do that you need a head right you need a head and that head is jesus yeah right and so we're diverse, yeah, by skin color, but also by context, culture, ethnicity. But if we're the body of Christ, let the word establish what we unify around, not tweak it to our cultural context Mm -hmm. or our experiences, but the word means exactly what it means. So let's unify around what God says and then let the agape, let the love of God be in the center, be the main motive. I like to say that love is the greatest motivator and faith is the greatest activator. Let that. Let love be the motivation and not you trying to protect your fears. And I think a lot of people don't guard the heart for out of it flows the issues of life. They guard their fears. And if you're guarding your fears, you will miss out on, I think, the abundance of God's grace. The glory to glory, the faith to faith, um, and guard your heart and let God guide you into these. Uncom- that's the only reason you need peace. You know? Because there's a God's potential peace. for, but there's a potential for
1: conflict, right? Absolutely. And that's why you need peace. Pursuers of peace. That 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 concept of the the conflicts and them pe- those people, them people, all that, which is a reality in the yes. world. Someone said this, and, and I don't, maybe you can comment on it. How it's really difficult to love someone that you're judging. Like in this context that we're talking about, how 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 can how can the church be a better voice in the middle of all that? Yeah.
0: I I think the church it has to start with. It has to start with the leadership, because it flows from the head down. It has to be this. It has to be we are willing to put down our scheduled televised program. When I grew up, this is what the black church does a lot. They actually, uh, they actually um, have one service together. Like we always went to visiting churches. So we have our morning service and the afternoon service was either us going to another church our pastor and our choir, our, pa- our pastor preaching, our choir singing, or that church comes to us, their pastor preaching and our choir sing- their choir singing. That was intentional, right? Because the truth of the matter is we go to school together, we work together, we see each other at restaurants, But it's just like, here's Horizon, here's Love Quest, here's Village, here's this church. But how often, despite our differences, how often have we planned to do a service together? Not one big stadium crusade, but even on a Sunday. You you join us for our slot. One day, we'll join you for your slot. You preach, and I'm confident. Comp- is that a challenge? <laughs> yes, that's a challenge. But it's like, it's like you preach in my pulpit, and I'm sure you're rooted and confident enough to, if there's some mistake or you go whatever overboard may be, you say something super radical, like, whatever. Yeah. Like, we can Family. clean that up. Yeah. But out of the name of love, yeah. miracles can happen. Yeah. Healing can happen. revival. Revival's not going to happen at one church. It's going to happen in a place where diversity and unity and being uncomfortable is, is promoted and allowed. And um, I think we're raising our communities to be comfortable. And I think, you know, If our leaders were a little bit more unafraid to bring in people that don't look like us, sound like us, went to the same Bible college as us, a part of the same denominational network as us, but whoever God has placed in our city to be a voice, to shake things up a little bit, but so many pastors are worried about what the congregation may feel or think or the board. I kind of get it for business sake and I guess... Theological purposes, you know, what's your doctrine? And, but sometimes that mindset has, please guard the pulpit. Please guard the pulpit. Yes. But I believe God has placed people in our lives that we can trust God yeah. with them. Well, like you said, starting here, starting here, and build a relational connect so that then you can begin to, and then you can it. begin to open it and not let it stop here, but let people see you're doing life together. Yeah. Right? Whether it's panels, whether it's we have this unique social media thing, taking some pictures together, but not letting it just be a picture, bringing our families together. And so for me, I think that the church, starting with the leadership, has to be, because as much as we don't think so, um, sheep follow their shepherds, um, even um, um, uh, not by default, but we follow our shepherds, even... um, Ah, what is the word I'm looking for? Not, yeah. um, um, um,
1: Intentionally or just because you're...
0: It's like kids. It. You think they're not getting okay. it. Yeah, yeah. But you, you look imparted. over on the couch and your little son is crossing his legs and drinking his juice just like you. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's... It's Just um, picked up. It's, it's just picked up. Yeah. Whether you... I guess if you embrace your leader yeah. and honor your leader, yeah. it, they they follow us.
1: We sure hope so.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: The, and in that, that kind of... I think it's 1 Corinthians where Paul says that we're to be ambassadors mm-hmm. of reconciliation. Uh, first of all, reconcile people to God. Yeah. And then flipping back to Luke 4 where Jesus talked about how he came. He, the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me yeah. to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And, and so that this ambassador, this reconciliation is at the heart of the gospel. Mm-hmm. First of all to God because yeah. that's his atonement. Absolutely. That we all need Jesus, we all need to, we all need forgiveness, we all need, and allows us to kind of come in low that ambassador of reconciliation i I, I sure hope that that comes out of this that the church can because an ambassador represents right absolutely you 're an ambassador right now for love quest international i 'm an ambassador for horizon church we 're representing yes. we 're not all of it but we 're representing yes. and i 'm hopeful and maybe we can in kind of uh, pray before we're done about this, mm-hmm. ambassadors of reconciliation mm-hmm. in our culture, that we would be voices that bring together, that yeah. we would be voices that say, we got issues, and together, with yeah. the help of Jesus, we can we yeah. can navigate through them. Um, maybe two, two people I'm going to ask you to speak to yeah. and look into the camera yeah. and speak to. People right now that are reeling under this. Whole thing. There are people, a, a, a person of color, or maybe black, or maybe Filipino, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of whoa. It's unsettling for them. That's the first one. And then, then second one um, is the people that I I want to I want to be a difference maker in this. I'm not a person of color. I maybe mean, I'm white. Mm-hmm. Like, how can I be a good voice in this? Mm-hmm. Because uh, honestly, I've had some people message me say, if I don't post the right thing or I don't say the right thing, I feel like I'm going to be you know, vilified and thrown aside because yeah. but I'm processing in a different way perhaps. Yeah. So so to summarize, the person who's reeling under it and the person who's trying to be an ally in the middle of it in a godly way. Yes. Um, we've already spoken to the people who think they have no issues. You've yeah. got issues if you think you've got no issues. That's the first <laughs> issue. So deal with that one. Um, so maybe just take, you know, 30 seconds and yeah. speak to that, to each one of those. 30 seconds each. Yeah. I, I,
0: would, camera, I would, I would, right I would definitely say to those that are under this right now, um, it's okay to feel the sadness. It's okay to feel the fear. It's okay to, um, um, to second guess. It's okay. But what I challenge you, especially the believer, um, realize that your freedom is found in Jesus Christ. Even when the laws change, even when equality is given by man, that is not necessarily going to guarantee peace. It's not going to guarantee joy. Um, Put your hope in Jesus Christ. He has justified you before the president or the prime minister has justified you. No law can justify you. No law can make you equal. In the, at the end of the day, your freedom should be found in Jesus and Jesus alone. Your joy, confidence, courage should be found in Jesus and Jesus alone. And I want to encourage you to not allow the circumstances to victimize your soul. It may have victimized your body, your body may have been put out there once upon a time as property, but you cannot have my soul. Whom the Son set free is free indeed. And and so make sure you count it all joy and know that God is working everything together for your good. And for those that don't know what to do, you can't relate to it, um, allow the heart of God to to move inside of you for his sons and daughters. Begin to see colored people as your brothers and sisters, not just your neighbor, but your brothers and sisters. Right now, your brothers and sisters, despite color, ethnicity, culture is being attacked, has been oppressed, whatever the case may be. I would say educate yourself as well. I would say examine yourself as well. Examine your own heart. Don't be so quick to say, I'm not one of those people. It's not my issue. It's that country's issue. Examine your heart. And and then go to God and ask him, how does he see how has he created you to be a part of this solution? Everybody has a role in this, in this issue. And right now it's one group of people. Next time it may be another group of people. But as long as you're in this earth, it's at the core of the mission of the gospel is that you're there for the oppressed. You're to preach the gospel to the poor. You are to be a voice for those who don't have a voice. Um, The moment you begin to disconnect yourself from the issue in any way, you are not following the heart of God in this situation. So begin to be intentional about this season, ask questions, but only ask questions. Make posts, but don't only make posts. Don't just black out Tuesdays. What are you going to do? Not even when this ball's over. What are you going to do after this? What are you going to? What kind of changes are you going to make? And I would say to you, love yours. Start in your home. Make sure you're raising kids. You're raising family members. You're raising co. You're you're teaching coworkers. Um, to to walk in the love of god agape despite color of skin despite background um be intentional but the biggest thing i can ask you to do is uh, examine your heart um deal with your nastiness your prejudice um those different complexes you may carry and i ask you to look again as jesus told peter to drop the net again there's many times in the bible you see look again go again i challenge you to look again at your heart be open, and approach the conversation with an open heart and and enter the world of other people because people are really going through it. And it may not be your story, even the much more you should be able to help someone else up um, that whose story it is. And so, uh, yeah. That's
1: powerful, that one phrase or at the end, enter the world of somebody else. Yeah. If it's not your story. Absolutely. And that's, that's, at, that's at the root of love, that's isn't it? That's what Jesus did. Yeah, he just... Jesus, uh, there's Zacchaeus, <laughs> the guy sidelined, marginalized, yeah. couldn't find a way, too short to fit in, yeah. couldn't get into the crowd. It goes up and Jesus said, I'm coming to your house today. Yeah. And, and we're Jesus in our world today. I'm coming into your world. I'm, I'm not just going to preach a message to you, but I'm going to come yeah. into your world. Yeah.
0: Into their world. That's yeah. what he did. For so love the world, he came. Yeah. One, one more thing. Absolutely. And then I'll make
1: sure you have an opportunity to close out any yeah. thoughts. But. If someone's never made Jesus the leader of their life, how, 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 is, how, do, how would you say that they could do that?
0: I would say you respond to the, the little bit of faith that you may have. First of all, that little bit of faith came because you heard the gospel. If you haven't heard the gospel in a nutshell, Jesus loves you so much. He came into this world sent by the Father. He died for you. He lived a life uh, free of giving in to those temptations. He entered the cross as a pure man, a spotless lamb and he died for all of your sin, past, present, and future, and he rose. He conquered death. Oh, death, where is your sting? That little bit of seed, that little bit of hope and chance that maybe this is true. I, I, I invite you to just say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be the savior in my life. And like the woman with the issue of blood, she tried everything. And then she finally said, man, I heard about a man. If I could just get to the hem of his garment. Well, today, this film is a hem of his garment. If you could just allow Jesus to touch you and you reach out and touch him, just ask him to come in your heart, be your savior, find you a good Bible-believing, spirit-filled church, and I promise you that your life will never be the same. Not that all your problems will go away, but you will have a friend and a comforter to walk through this life with you. Um, Yeah. Anything else on your heart? That's great. If you don't mind, I just want to give somebody a take home home real quick. Great. Examine your heart. Educate yourself and renew your mind. Maybe you don't know it all. Employ faith. Take risks. Get uncomfortable. Exercise love in the knowledge you've received and respond to those convictions eliminate the sin the hatred the bitterness the racism the prejudice the ignorance exalt the word over your opinion love peace magnify the good in people love expects the best and lastly again exercise faith and love in your relationships be intentional do not be a passive relational person but get into the risky grit of things, and I promise you, have those uncomfortable conversations like the woman at the well where Jesus said, no, 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 five husbands, stop, stop. Be uncomfortable, be honest, be truthful, and create a space for truth in your conversations. And watch what God does in, in your relationship. And I pray for the soul prosper, your soul prosperity, your soul to prosper.
1: And you said it earlier, no more powerful motivator than love. No. Let God's love touch our heart, and yeah. I think in First John where he talks about how can you love God whom you haven't see, how can yeah. you say you love God whom you haven't seen and not love your brother whom you yeah. have seen? Yeah, you're a liar, and the truth's not in Absolutely. you. But when the love of God touches our heart, in reality, we don't lock eyes with one person that doesn't matter to yeah. God. Every yeah. person matters Every to God. Every person matters. Whether so they're good. doing things right, whether they're doing things wrong, whether they look the same as us, whether whatever. So good. Um, so, um, maybe. Uh, Anything else on your heart? I just want to make
0: sure. You you just mentioned the color thing. Um, Let's eliminate, I'm colorblind. God loves color, that's how He made us. And I think that's a cop out to not have to deal with our differences. Right? And so I, I just want to encourage people. To not just make everyone equal like just the diversity and the the imbalances in life when you think of lifting weights and working out there's negative working pressure, out as well yeah. it's pressure yeah. it's resistance yeah. exercises is i'm gonna put so much weight on the bar that i'm not trying to push it up i'm trying to keep it from pushing down right. it is that it's the negative, the imbalances that causes us to depend on each other yep. and lean on each other. And if you try to make the whole body a foot, the whole body <laughs> a hand, it, it just doesn't work, no. right? To no. say, so to say everything is equal, my leg is so much stronger than my hand, yeah. right? But they somehow need each other. When my leg is hurting, my hand rushes and helps, helps it, it right? And so the moment we try to make everyone equal, right, if, if people in power have taken advantage of their positions, that's one thing. God will fight our battles, but everyone is not equal in that sense, in this racial issue, in this system. And so, no, embrace color. Don't deny your color. Don't say I wanna be white. Don't say I hate my race. Love yours and force people through just being confident in who you are and in your nationality to love you and accept you. The way you are. The way you are. The who you are. That's how God made you be confident in that. So if you're black, be Go black, for it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Don't be ignorant, no matter what your race is. This is not to be cocky or prideful. We know what happens to prideful people. This That's isn't a like, character.
1: Issue, not absolutely, this is
0: like, man, I'm ghetto, accepted. No, I have to constantly grow. Yeah. And any Christian that has stopped growing and think Christianity is the destination and not sonship. You are so missing it. We should continue to embrace and involve ourselves intentionally in uncomfortable situations that expand our capacity. And so I pray that that's your prayer. Lord, enlarge my territory, not just monetarily, but my soul. Give me a capacity to walk with diversity. And I I just that's my prayer in this world. Because what are we missing out on? I'm missing right. out on so much
1: that the gifts that are in each and every person that are around us that we say, "Oh, I'm not sure because this, this." Yeah. We miss out on so much that God, God actually might have blessing waiting. In
0: fact, I'm convinced
1: He does. He is. He has blessing waiting for you in packages that you're not comfortable. You're not comfortable
0: with, right? Right. I might what you've been praying for might might come through me, Pastor Craig, and good. vice versa. But yeah. if we never talk, if we right. never, and God is so cool because. He doesn't want us to see each other as opportunists, right? And so the only way I will get to that treasure is to dig through relationship. Yeah. So then we have to go through our differences, and so it's not going to be like, "Hey, Pastor Craig, you got what I need."
1: Yeah, other than not using each other yep. out of relationship, what I have is yours, and it's what like, you have wow. is mine. Yeah it's
0: like Boaz and uh, yeah, uh, uh, was it Boaz and Ruth? Ruth, Boaz. Yeah. yeah, it's just like you just out here in the field, and suddenly, wait a minute. Is you? Yeah. Pastor Craig, you? Yeah. You don't look nothing like me. <laughs> no. No. Don't have the same experience. Don't have the same background. Absolutely. I'm not near as loud. Absolutely. But I, you, you can get there. I can get there. there I can't wait to the people hear your story about being in Bishop Blake's office. I
1: can't uh, wait to hear Sometime. It. We'll tell.
0: It was It was fun.
1: Well, you know, uh, I, I want to close, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'll pray, and then I'll invite Terrence to pray. We're, g- we're going to pray uh, just how God directs us in this moment, yeah. um, praying for individuals, praying for our city, praying for the peace that passes understanding, yes. uh, peace that's built on reconciliation, not peace that's built on sweeping things under the carpet, yeah. and that God will help us in the middle of all this chaos uh, to be a shiny light, a city set on a hill. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for this opportunity to talk about things, Lord, to have our hearts exposed a little bit more, Yes, to recognize that we all come from different spaces and different places and different experiences um, that we think maybe we're the only ones. But, Lord, I pray that you would help us to enter into the world of someone else, you, that, that our empathy and our love would go way up. And we begin to look at one another through the eyes of, of God, where you look at us with love, love that's unconditional, love that's unending, love that is uh, without boundary. You love us where we are, not because of what we do, not because of, uh, of, of how well we do or don't do, but you love us right where we are in the middle of our mess, Lord. And we need a move of God. We need a move of God God. in our city. We need a move of God in our uh, nation. We need a move of God in in the world. And so we invite you to come, Holy Spirit, that you will lead us in to the reality of being ambassadors of reconciliation, reconciling uh, uh, people to God and reconciling us to one another. That there is no uh, Greek, there is no slave, there is no free, there is... uh, none of that matters except that first we unify around the person of Jesus Christ and then the beauty that you intend through our diversity comes out. So help us, Lord Jesus. And Lord, uh, for those of us, and I'll speak to to my side of the of the issue, Lord, for those of us that maybe don't understand even how to process this, Lord, I pray that you would lead us. That, uh, Holy Spirit, that you would lead us into all truth. That's what you do. Holy Spirit, that you would show us how to uh, be empathetic. You would show us how to enter the story. You would show us how to forgive quickly. You would show us how to, to release the judgment that we've held in our heart, the prejudices. Lord, that you would, uh, and I actually invite you, and I invite those that are watching right now to invite Holy Spirit to search us and know us, O God, and see if there be any wicked way in me that we will come out of this stronger, not just as Horizon Church, but as the church, in the strong name of Jesus. Amen.
0: Yes, and Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that we have eyes to see that there's more for us than there are against us, Lord God. I crush the victim mentality in the name of Jesus and call people to rise up. We come against fear, Lord God, those that feel intimidated, that are fearful, rather by ignorance, rather by being a victim of circumstances, Lord. We declare that you did not give us the spirit of fear, but right. of power, love, and a sound mind. Lord God, I ask that you help us open our eyes, that we have eyes to see that revival is right in the midst of us, Lord. You said in your word that you light the fire, but the priest's job is to keep it lit. May we do what it takes to keep the altar lit, Lord God. The altar of our heart, for sure, Lord, there has been a fire ignited. And all these altars that have been created during the COVID 19 time, these homes that have become places of worship, and right. these homes that have husbands and wives have spent more time together than they have in the last 10 years, in the last three months, Lord, I ask that this revival begins to spill into the streets, Lord. And we just ask, Lord, that there be unity in this city amongst our leaders, Lord God, that we be willing to take uh, um, prayerful risk. In the name of Jesus, Lord, that you give us wisdom and strategies, not just for our own church homes, but how to maneuver ourselves in diverse, uh, sometimes complicated relationships, Lord God. Remove the insecurity out of our leadership, and, and we just ask, Lord God, that there be a greater uprising of unity amongst our churches, Lord yes. God. We, we I just feel the need to pray for the church planters in this season, yes. Lord God. May they not give in to discouragement. Yes. May they not second guess the call, Lord. What you spoke to them before COVID-19, Father, your word still remains. And I still declare, Lord God, that 2020 will be one of the greatest years we ever have and will experience. The great bursting will happen in this season, Lord. And some people may be wondering, I thought this year was going to be amazing, uh, but what in the heck has happened. Well, I'm here to remind you this year is going to be exactly what God has promised it will be. Stand on the word. Stay focused in the word. Remember what he said. Remember that your identity is not found in a system. It's not found in man. It is found in the identity of Jesus Christ. You are more than a conqueror. Amen. You are an overcomer. You are royalty. And we just, we just lift you up today, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. And we declare your people shall overcome we shall rise we shall shine and we will be thrusted into the marketplace for we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world thank you for boldness in this time lord god and healing in this time heal heal in this time all those that have been hurt the victims uh family members father the floyd family and and all those that have been hurt lord we call on you to heal our land And may it be a humanity uh, response, not just one race, not Mm -hmm. just one country. Lord, we ask for your healing power in this time. Heal our lands, Lord God, and open our eyes that we have eyes to see in 2020. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Well,
1: hopefully that's been helpful for you today. Uh, Lovequest International Church. Church right? yeah. What's
0: your web? Uh, we, well, our website is lovequestchurch.com. Our social handle on Instagram is lovequestintlchurch. Um, and we're live on Thursdays and Sundays and all that cool stuff.
1: So when this service is over, I think you have a 1 o'clock, right? We have a 9, 11, and 5. Okay, so when this one's over, 5 o'clock this afternoon, you can go to that website uh, and their social handles, and you'll find it if you want to hear more. Uh, We're grateful to be doing life and ministry together in the city uh, with the Richmond family and all that God has, and the best is yet to come.
0: Thank you to you and Shanda and your team for making this happen, and Horizon Church, you guys have an amazing, amazing leader honor this man and woman of God, and I promise you there's so much inside of them that you have yet to discover. Pull on them. He is loud. I promise you he's loud if you just let him be loud. (laughs) All right. God bless you. Have a great day. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.